Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, late, even now later, Tuesday afternoon edition of the Monday check-in. I am Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors at First Prez Hastings, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Prez Hastings. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday, this post-Easter Tuesday. As is the tradition at First Presbyterian Church, we did take uh, Monday off after a busy Holy Week. So we're back here with you on Tuesday, though you probably won't be getting this until Wednesday, uh, depending upon how you access these podcasts. But we're glad to be here with you. (laughs) Uh, And this is our second attempt at trying to record this. Uh, This is also Greg's second attempt at reflecting on this scripture passage that we have for today. Yes. Uh, Because he, we didn't realize, I was going to say that you snuck in to the Tuesday Bible study, but you didn't sneak into it. No. Just let it like you usually do. Um, But this week he got to do it before we had our little chat. Yeah, see, normally the order of operations is Damon and I do the Monday check-in, and then I lead the Tuesday noon Bible study on the same scripture passage. So I've at least got something intelligent to say because Damon's given me some good ideas to share there. I didn't have the benefit of that this time, so I had to go read some uh, lectionary or some uh, commentaries. And, uh, and so I've already discussed this with uh, five very smart central Nebraskans. Um, and yeah. now I have so, lots of really smart and intelligent things to say. Yeah. So Greg's got all the answers on this. All, all of them. So, <laughs> so, so after the opening prayer, I'll read the scripture. And then it's just all you after that. Uh, So what we do on this little program uh, is we take a look at the scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. We have a little chat about that piece of scripture, and then we switch gears and we share a little bit of announcements, what's going on in the life of First Press right now. So before we hop into the scripture, Greg, would you like to offer us a word of prayer? I'd love to. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather and to reflect on your word. May the story that we read today, the story of so-called doubting Thomas, give us new insight into Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry and Jesus' resurrection. May it enter into our hearts and into our minds and enliven our own faith and understanding of who you are, God. Bless this time and bless our reading of this scripture so that we can become more faithful servants of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the scripture reading that we have for this coming Sunday comes to us from the Gospel of John, just as the scripture reading that we had for this past Sunday, Easter Sunday, came from the Gospel of John. And we actually pick up right where we left off. On, on Easter Sunday. So uh, I read verse up to verse 18 of John 20 uh, on that day, and now we pick up at verse 19. So uh, we read verse, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, that day being the very same day that we were talking about on Easter Sunday, the very same day that the women showed up at the tomb, That all happens in in one day in the Gospel of John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came 
and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was, was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. And here ends this reading. Greg, what do you got? An interesting passage and uh, one that we read almost every year, the Sunday right after Easter. And so uh, either Damon or I have preached on this particular story um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of play this story. We were debating whether or not it was Damon or me that preached on this last year. I think it was Damon. I think it was me. Yeah. Uh, we were a month into the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we pulled out parts of this scripture that were particularly poignant and meaningful uh, and reflected on those. Um, I did. Uh, I preached on this my first uh, first Sunday after Easter that I was here in 2017. And my daughter Esther came back into my office and drew a picture of me preaching on it. And I want to show that to you because I have it framed. First of all, it says, um, Pastor Greg is my never bad dad. I love him oh so much. And then you have her interpretation of me preaching with my beard, my glasses, my stole, saying, Doubting Thomas. And then as an extra special reminder, it says, Esther, P.S., I love you. <laughs> Now, if so, you were to release a rap album, you could title it Never Bad Dad. Never Bad Dad. And that sits in my office uh, as a relic of my first few weeks of ministry here at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, preaching on this particular passage. Um, and I've pointed out to a number of folks that uh, Damon says that Thomas gets a bad rap. Am I right about that, Damon? Yes. And that Thomas has a lot of identities beyond simply his doubts about Jesus. Uh, for example, in this own passage, we read that he is Thomas the twin. Yeah, he already has a nickname. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't need another one. In Greek, twin is Didymus. And so sometimes he is also called Thomas Didymus, which is Thomas the twin. But they use the Greek instead. Uh, but here, uh, unfortunately, he's earned this bad rap of doubting Thomas. But here's my redemption of doubting Thomas this year. This is the conclusion I came to during my Bible study a few hours ago. 
Thomas is a good Presbyterian. Because okay. Presbyterians are full of questions and doubts. Presbyterians sometimes need things proven to them. Presbyterians like things decently and in order. So you have this story where all the disciples are gathering in a room locked away except Thomas, and they have this transformational experience with Jesus in which he does present to them his hands and his side, right? Yes. And then they leave this locked room or Thomas comes and joins them and they say, hey, Thomas, we saw the risen Christ. And Thomas, like a good Presbyterian, goes, hmm, tell me more about that. And asks them questions and says, you know, I'm going to have trouble believing this unless I, too, have the same experience that you did, which is to see his hands and his side. And then eight days later, they're in the locked room. This time Thomas is with them. And what happens? Jesus appears in the locked room and lets Thomas experience his wounds. So my argument is that that makes Thomas a pretty good Presbyterian. Yeah, Thomas, he could just as easily be called believing Thomas. Right. He comes to have have belief and nobody recognizes Jesus in this in this narrative. The women don't recognize Jesus at the tomb. Mary thinks he's the gardener. Uh, until he until he says her name, uh, these disciples they don't seem to recognize him right away. He says, "Peace be with you," and after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So like, there's not a real instant recognition here from from any of <laughs> of the disciples. Um, And then Thomas makes this bold statement of faith, my Lord and my God. That's an extremely bold statement of faith to be making in light of what has happened in the past week in the life of Thomas and the disciples and Jesus. Right? Yeah. So I think this makes Thomas a good Presbyterian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're using uh, the, the, the word Presbyterian. I, I wonder if, if we couldn't almost as easily just use the word human. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, we Presbyterians do pride ourselves in being human. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's so that sort of sense of who who wouldn't react uh, this sort of way. It's it's interesting to me in this passage when I read it this time that. Uh, you know, Thomas expresses, um, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. And I, I thought about, um, like, there's something about seeing the wounds that, that Jesus is, Jesus will be recognized by his wounds um, that I think is, is really interesting uh, and that it might be in the wounds of the world that we might be able to recognize the, the resurrected Jesus in those sorts of things. And I was thinking about the, like the bravery of being willing to, to touch somebody else's wound um, to, to put um 
put your finger there, to put your hand there, um, is is not really like an easy thing to do. Like if you've ever, oh, sometimes you do it just because you have to, right? Um, you're with somebody and they cut their finger or whatever, and you got to grab a towel and just put that on there real quick and you have to hold it. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's something going on for me about that, that sort of sentiment of Thomas and the disciples. They, they recognize Jesus when they see the wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. There's a, a famous painting. Caravaggio is an Italian painter who did these very realistic lifelike paintings. And I've used a Caravaggio painting in a, uh, in a sermon of mine before uh, of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. Yeah. But his, his painting of very dramatic horse. Yes. But his painting of, of doubting Thomas is uh, well, speaks directly to what you were just saying. Do you want to give me permission to share my screen and I can pull it up? Yeah. I was just going to ask if that's what you were. There you go. Should be able to. So for those of you who are watching on uh, on YouTube, go ahead and, and take a look at this. This is uh, the Caravaggio piece entitled Doubting Thomas. And you can see him there. Um, and uh, his hairline is a lot like my hairline, actually. Uh, and he's got a beard like me, too. Maybe there's some similarities here. Well, Sticking- he, was, he was called the twin, Greg. Now, who is his twin? That's the question. Let's see, do I have the, I have the same forehead wrinkles even, look at that. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, th- this sort of graphic image of him putting his hand in, in the wound in Jesus' side, and it's, it's, it's a powerful image, um, and, and an interesting thing to reflect on, Damon, as you pointed out, so. Yeah, and something about uh, being willing to sort of, to reach out to the wounds of of the world, to the wounds of those around us, um, our, our family and friends, certainly our neighbors, our strangers. Uh, the, the something about when we come into contact with those things in in some way um, that, that provides for us an opportunity to find the resurrected Christ within those things. Um, this is also the Gospel of John, and so we still have this sort of all of this language around seeing and recognizing um, going on at, as well, which I, I find interesting. Um, I had a thing that I was going to, a particular part of the scripture, but, um, but I can't find it right now, but... Um, yeah, and this this whole thing about have you believed because you have seen me? Uh, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe that there's just all this, this interesting language that we still have going on. <laughs> um, and we've yeah. had all throughout the passion narrative in John. One of the commentaries I read said that could have been an insertion of the author of the Gospel of John that there was, those weren't necessarily words that Jesus said, but that the author put that in there um, because the gospel of John was written a full generation after Jesus was actually alive. 
And so by that point, no one would have actually seen Jesus and his wounds, right? Right. And so you put that line in there to say, blessed are those who uh, have not seen and still believe. And that's all of us, right? That's everybody who lived after uh, Jesus ascended to heaven and never met him in person in that ascension narrative or in his resurrection narrative. Um, so that's an interesting thing. Back to the the idea about seeing Christ in the wounds of the world. And um, I read an interesting essay last week about why the resurrected Christ still manifested his physical wounds. And it was an interesting question because here you have Christ who has conquered death, right? Um, so why did Christ come back resurrected and still have holes in his, his hands and a cut in his side? Could, could those not have been healed? But instead, the decision is by, by God is that Christ's bodily resurrection will include those, uh, those injuries still present. And uh, it, it played around with that. This essay I read reflected on that. And I, I like your reflection on it, Damon, that, that we meet Christ in, in the wounds of the world. That's, that's where we find Christ is in those broken places. And so the bodily resurrected Christ would represent those broken places still. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And there is also in, in general, and this is reflected in the passage that we read on Easter Sunday as well. There's, there's a, there's an emphasis on the bodily presence in, in this narrative, right. And, and in this passage that um, there's, there's a lot of humanness to these to these stories. We have we get Mary weeping um, in the in the Easter Sunday narrative, and, and here we get get a body, we get wounds, um, an invitation at least to to put the his hand in his side, even though there's not an indication that Thomas actually does that um, here. Um, I don't know if it's in the gospel or John. Some of the other gospel narratives uh, have Jesus eat things mm -hmm. uh, when he shows up to the disciples, which is another sort of emphasis on the, this is, no, this is a bodily resurrection. It's not, they're not just seeing a ghost. Uh, there's, there's a body, there's a physical And they serve there. him broiled fish. Jesus says, do y'all have something to eat? I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and they served in broiled fish. That's the that's the passage for next week that you will be preaching on. Oh, good, good for me. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah. And uh, and I already gave you a sermon title for that. You don't have to use my sermon title, but it's <laughs> got fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had fish last night. It was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but there's yeah, there's an emphasis here. Uh, yeah, the the resurrected Christ being yeah present in, in the in the physicalness of the world uh some ways and I and I think certainly the resurrected Christ being present in in the emotional wounds that people bear uh in the mental scars that people have as well in trauma that that communities sustain um emotionally as a whole that the resurrected Christ is is present in those things as well, um, and also in the 
in the physical suffering that we see around us um, in the world as well. So, yeah, and yeah, and good brave Thomas first, like that's where I want to. That's where I want to put my finger. Um, is there? That's not an easy thing to want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what direction should this go? I, I, I like the good Presbyterian direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I'm hearing you say, you think that it'll preach though. I think there's something we can pull out of this. Um, Damon and I were reflecting a year ago. Uh, Damon centered in on the text about Jesus breathing the breath of life which was the Holy Spirit on them. And uh, at, the, at the time we were in the first month of COVID and all of a sudden breath was no longer of life, but it was uh, yeah. potentially not of, and uh, what yeah. that meant. So that was, mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah. wild to reflect on a year later, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that breath is also another indicator like of the intimacy. And the physicality, these. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. These narratives. And then, and then there's a connection um, back to the Genesis, back to one of the creation stories. God, the human beings became alive when God breathed into them, um, yep. and so yeah, there's the connection to that as well. So yeah, but yeah, you think it'll preach, huh? I think it'll preach. Yeah. It has before. It probably will again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's yeah, that's the Bible study portion. Uh, now for the life of the church, church portion. Yeah. What's going on there? Well, so uh, our our Christian ed for uh, pre K through uh, fifth grade continues to be remote, um, and we we haven't double checked this, but we're pretty sure uh, from our director of Christian ed that those remote lessons will end on Sunday, May second, and then we have uh, a year end in person picnic outdoors at Libs Park on Wednesday, May 5th. And this will be the first time uh, since March of last year that our children and their families have been able to gather in person, uh, sort of related to that scripture of the physical nature of life together. And uh, all life together has been electronic and digital and Zoom and um, we're finally able to start having some of these fellowship opportunities like our, our Easter worship service that we had. So we're excited about that. Um, middle school and high school youth groups are meeting in person here in the church with uh, face masks and social distancing. And We are, um, but we are not meeting this week. Okay. Not so meeting this week. Yeah, taking a little Easter break, and then we'll be back next week. Gotcha. And um, with adult ed, we've got, uh, oh, let's, let's talk about Vacation Bible School before I move yeah. on. Uh, we're running that uh, June 1st through 3rd. And so that's the Tuesday after Memorial Day. Memorial Day is May 31st this year. And so Tuesday, June 1st through uh, Thursday, June 3rd, it's a joint Vacation Bible School with First United Methodist Church. And it will be held entirely outdoors for COVID-19 precautions. And so uh, if you have children or grandchildren that you want to participate, the sign up is on our website. And then the other thing is we need volunteers for this. And so invite you if you're feeling called to volunteer, sign up on our website. Uh, We need lots and lots of volunteers to make this Vacation Bible School run. 
We're doing it jointly with First United Methodist. It will be outdoors at, on the green lawn space in front of the Masonic Center, uh, just north of the Masonic Center. So hope you can join us for that. Um, adult Ed, we've got uh, forums are uh, taking this Sunday off and might be one or two more towards the end of the year. Damon's still working on that. Yeah, we're not hundred <laughs> percent sure, but uh, but past forums are up on YouTube. Folks can check those out. Uh, and I'm working on getting what was left of uh, Dan's Dr. Daffenbaugh's um, piece related to the Eisenheim altar piece and the crucifixion there up onto YouTube as well. So, yeah. Um, Heirs Apparent uh, continues to meet. Uh, I've been helping lead them through a book called Visioneering by Andy Stanley, which is a reflection on the Old Testament minor prophet Nehemiah and how we set vision in our own lives. So that's coming up. Uh, we're doing that for at least three more weeks there. And then uh, I'm not sure what else Heirs Apparent is doing, but that is our adult ed Sunday school that meets on Sunday mornings at 9.15 via Zoom and also physically in person here in the church. So speaking of in person, uh, we are back to doing in-person worship. Uh, we started on February 28th. For the month of March, we did an RSVP system uh, to try to manage our crowd control size for social distancing guidelines. Um, what we've discovered is that we're averaging between 50 and 100 on Sunday mornings, which has us well, well below our sort of capacity of about 150. So for the month of April, at least for these first few weeks, we're going to uh, just open the doors and uh, we're expecting probably to stay around the same number. Uh, if it starts to creep up to that 150 number, we might reinstitute an RSVP system. But for now, if you want to come to in-person church on Sunday morning, just show up. Don't have to RSVP. That system's done for now. Um, and we will still be doing, of course, stay-at-home worship via Facebook Live and via KICS Radio. So those are both available as well and faithful options for you to be part of the life of this church. Anything else? Just in just in a general word of thanks to all of those involved in the Easter Sunday service, uh, to the tech crew, to the choir, to the cathedral brass, to the ushers, to Hastings College, uh, and folks uh, who are members here and who also work at Hastings College who were instrumental in facilitating that and, and setting it up, and to those who who attended in person, certainly, and to all those who attended online and, and via the radio also. Uh, it was a lovely day, a nice service, um, and our thanks to all of those who, who made that possible as well. And I think we have just, we were in staff meeting this morning, and we were taking a look at the upcoming worship schedule, and we've got stuff stacked up for the next two, few, several weeks. We've got baptisms we've got confirmation we've got senior recognition uh we've got two or three other things that i'm forgetting about we're starting to work on pentecost we got so, christian ed recognition of christian yes. ed volunteers uh we have our sending service for our go and serve as well as a blessing of our vbs volunteers it's uh every single sunday between now and early june is uh excitingly filled with wonderful parts of the life of this church and we are just blessed beyond measure for that 
Yeah, yeah. So there's there's stuff going on, on for sure, and some of the kind of program year things are are starting to wrap up. Um, but it's not really there's not any less goodness happening, I suppose. And I guess we could at this point preview that we will be doing um, the children's book sermon series for part of the summer and the summer sermon song series for part of the summer. So if you have a children's book that you know would make a great sermon, pass it along to me and Damon. Uh, or if you know of a song that you've listened to and you thought, hmm, I think that would make a great sermon, pass it along. And we will see what we can do about incorporating that into our summer sermon song series or our summer children's book sermon series. So it should be good. Uh, are we ready for a, for a closing prayer? I think so. Right. Loving and gracious God, thank you for your presence that is with us in all of the moments of our lives, our moments of doubt, our moments of anxiety, our moments of certainty and belief and our moments of contentment, our moments of joy and our moments of sorrow. We know, oh God, that in all of it, we are encompassed by you and by your love. Help us, oh Lord, to continue to live, um, to live into your resurrection, to live into the new life which you offer us, um, to find yet new ways of being caring and kind and compassionate empathetic and loving. As we move through this Easter season, oh Lord, may we continue to see you. May we continue to come into contact with you. In your blessed and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.